Welcome in, everyone. Here we go. It's another episode of Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Welcome in, everybody. We've got Kyle Perkins joining us a little bit later on in this episode. We're happy to have him back. And we got some winning vibes going on here, right, Rich? We just got done. Yeah. Reds, uh, I don't know. They took out their frustration. I don't know what that was all about on Saturday. Yeah. But the uh, San Jose Sharks were on the wrong end of it. That's all I know. It's, uh, yeah, um, very wrong end of it. Like, you couldn't be any more on the wrong end of it than what they were. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy game because you saw it from all the unlikely, unexpected contributors. Michael McCarron uh, has a four-point night. I mean, who saw that coming? Oh, yeah. Well, the whole third line, or fourth line, rather, all of them had huge nights, man. It was crazy. Crazy. Hey. We will take it any. We'll take it any way we can get it, Rich. Any way we can get it. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna briefly touch on that game because it was an eight nothing win. It was the largest margin of victory by the Predators in a road game in franchise history. Yep. It came. It came at a great time. Mike Twitter is saying, "Yo, yo, what's up, Mike Twitter? Happy to have you back in for us." He wants to hear K Perk's recap of attending the stadium series. Yeah, we haven't yes. talked to him since he's been back. Yeah, he so hasn't been back since then. We'll get that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're happy oh, to have absolutely. him back tonight. Yeah. Yeah, he had a great time at the uh, stadium series weekend, uh, hanging out with fellow Preds fans. He even told us that he was struggling going into Monday. He did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he probably did a whole lot of walking. Yeah. <clears throat> from from the looks of it, I think they were went to some places on um, what's the place off Broadway? What's it called? Printer's Alley. Oh yeah, that's a couple blocks up. Yeah, but yeah, a couple blocks away. Yeah, Printer's Alley is a hidden there. treasure. Mm, not, yeah, absolutely, it is. It's really cool down there. But I think they ate there and then like made their way to the game. I guess I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, that's only like a that's not even a ten minute walk from Printer's Alley. Well, it yeah. depends on how many people are on the sidewalks. But, That's uh, true too. but yeah. All right. So we are going to briefly talk about the San, San Jose Sharks win because it was a crazy big win that you don't see very often in hockey. But really, we are getting everyone ready for the Tuesday night matchup <laughs> with the Dallas Stars. This is like a heavyweight boxing mm. match where each team keeps trading off rounds. And I'm going back to 2019. These two teams are tied together at the hip. I mean, they really are. I will be at the game on Tuesday night. I will not miss it for anything. My good buddy, Clayton Stewart, who plays music in Nashville. He's a Texas musician. He is like a brother to me. He is the Dallas Stars fan that was on this podcast way back last season. He came on the podcast before the big game between these two teams and Preds fans, I'm going to tell you right now, you should feel a little bit better if you're superstitious right now. Because we, me and Clayton have a, we have a little bit of a tradition in our friendship ever since we've known each other. This goes back like six years, six or seven years now. We go to at least one Preds Stars game in Nashville every year. And right. every every time, every like game that going. we've ever been to, the Preds have won. That's awesome to hear. That I am undefeated. I am undefeated 
when me and my good Dallas Stars buddy Clayton Stewart go to a game. He is he has never seen his beloved Stars beat the Preds when me and him are in, in attendance together. We're looking to make it a perfect 7-0, 8-0, however many times it's been now tomorrow night. But I also feel a little nervous because eventually it's got to all come crashing down, right? But But I have some good news. I'm not watching the game at my in-laws. So whenever I go to my in-laws, they always lose. So I will definitely not be watching it over there. Don't go anywhere near that house tomorrow night, Rich. That's right. So between between that and you having your record. We got some good mojo going. Things are good. Things, but things I'll be at the be game. Good. I'll be interested to see how many Stars fans are there. It's a it's a really big game in the Stars, let me tell you. They are – they figured it out. They are ready to go. They are really making some things happen right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean yes. – we're going to really break down that game and get ready for it. So that's going to be later on in this episode. We're going to do our clutch performers of the week. We haven't yep. done that in a while. We're going to do it this Monday as we always like to do. And for another segment we got coming up here tonight, we are, I thought it would be a really good, interesting segment to go back and compare this team oh, to yeah. four, four different previous teams over the last decade from this Preds team. So we're going to look at where these four previous seasons, these four previous teams at game 55, where were they at and where is this current Preds team at? I'm going to look at some, we're going to look at some of the current, the players that were on those teams, how they were doing, how that team was performing in certain key areas and try to make some comparisons to where this team is. Cause it's, I'm starting to really understand around the fan base right now, Rich. I'll see if you agree with me that it's really hard to put your finger on this team this year. Are they really this good or are they just another first round exit? Should they make some big additions at the trade deadline that's coming up here really soon? That's kind of what made me think. Let's go back and see what the previous teams did that were in similar situations to this team. Yeah, that's a good, definitely a good uh, comparison. Um, you told me the teams that you're going to be talking about, and they're, that's, those are all very good to uh, compare them to this year. So Yes. And then so, Kyle Perkins, as we said, yes. And as we said, Kyle Perkins is going to be joining us by that time, and he will be doing his Perks picks. He's going to tell us about his experience at the stadium series. Can't wait for that. Yep. Happy to have him back. And yep. we will round this episode out once again with our fun things we saw on the interwebs. We're trying to bring positivity to the world. There's so much negative right now that's out there. And so we want to end every episode with some positivity, with some humor, with some fun, with some laughing, whatever we can do to to bring everything back to being uh, a little bit more funny and a little bit more lighthearted in this negative world we're finding ourselves in right now. That's what we're going to do. That's how we'll end the episode. Very cool. So much fun. Yes. We are presented by DraftKings, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. This is episode 111 of Catfish on Ice. And so, Rich, you were running the Twitter account on Saturday. You were really watching this game against the Sharks. Kind of tell me exactly how it happened or what you think happened and how in the heck did the Preds pull off an 8-0 win. I don't care what team that's against. To pull off an eight nothing win in hockey is just like unheard of. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, tell us kind of the overall theme of what you saw from this game. 
Uh, well, um, the, it, it was kind of a good news, bad news game. Um, the good news is obviously the Predators scored eight goals, got UC Soros a shutout. The bad news part is um, Sharks goaltending is not good. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 uh, I think both of their normal um, starters, I guess you would call them, are, are injured. So the two guys that actually played were, were not much experience. However, it was good to see the Predators play the way they did. Um, no matter what team it is, that you know the the Sharks are, are an NHL professional hockey team. So you know um, any of these teams yeah. can beat each other in any given night. The Sharks have beaten actually better teams than the Predators this year. So, you know, you just kind of take it what it is. It was just, they just steamrolled them. But um, the the main thing was uh, three different Preds players got two goals. Three different players were on hat trick watches. Um, the third line or the fourth line, I keep saying third line, the fourth line of Matt Luff, Michael McCarron, and Philip Tomasino had the bulk of the points last night. Yeah. Um, or the other night, um, Michael McCarron, two goals, two goals for his and two assists and two assists. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I was getting ready to get there. <laughs> two goals, two assists, four point a four point night for Michael McCarron. So that that was that was kind of weird uh, to, to see well, that. Yeah, go Rich, ahead, Rich. What did I say? I said this after the game, right after the game ended, and I yep. saw this. I was like, if you had Michael McCarron with a four-point night tonight, then go ahead and give me your Powerball numbers because I'm ready to win the lottery right now. Uh, absolutely. Yes, that's insane. No one saw that coming. No one saw that no, coming. No, absolutely not. So Michael McCarron, two goals, two assists. Philip Tomasino, three assists on the night. So that was a three-point night for him. Matt Luff, two goals and an assist. Three-point night for him. You add all that up. That's a lot of points for the fourth line. It's insane. And I like Matt Luff. We've been we've said it a couple times on the show. We really like Matt Luff. Like he's yes. a he's a good little player that's fit in there, and uh, he's really made made the most of out out of his time that he's yep. gotten down there. So good for Matt Luff. That whole line, I mean, is just crazy. But I want to circle back to what you said about the Sharks goaltending. You were yes. absolutely right. The Preds kind of got a little fortunate with getting uh, Alex. Uh, Stalock as the starting goaltender who has had plenty of starts in this league. It's not that he's like an inexperienced goaltender, but he, this was his first start since 2019, 2020 from Minnesota. There you go. Yeah. And in that, that season, he started 36 games, went 20 wins, 11 losses, had a a 2.67 goals against average, a 0.91 save percentage. So it's not like he's a scrub by any means. Definitely not. But but, but was just definitely not a lot of starts this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, none. Like this was his, oh, that was his it. first yeah, start. Right, exactly. This was his I first mean, start in two seasons, basically. Yeah. So they definitely got lucky by facing a goaltender that hadn't played in a while. So we'll we'll go ahead and throw that out there for sure. And yep. the Sharks definitely are not a playoff team. Nope. But you Probably still love it. But how many times have we seen the Predators not only lose to some really bad teams, like the Montreal Canadiens, like the Seattle Kraken? Mm-hmm. Of course, those are the top two we think about. 
But we've also seen them struggle against some really bad teams. They've lost to the Buffalo Sabres this year. So it's at least nice to see, even though they were facing a really inferior team Mm -hmm. with a goaltender that hadn't played in two years, at least they still took care of business and just completely didn't even make us think twice about it. Like, we're going to go ahead. And they looked pissed off. Rich, did you notice towards the end of the game, I think the score was maybe six or seven nothing at this point. And Luke Cunning was already Mm -hmm. in a fight and looked completely agitated, looked so frustrated. You would have never known by the look of his face that the Preds were up that many goals. This team was on a mission. They looked really mad, and they looked like they're not happy with how they've played recently. And they they took it out on the San Jose Sharks. Well, that's that's – Absolutely true. They sh- they should be mad, uh, especially after that Seattle loss. But yeah, that fight was weird. I think it was just um, I can't even remember who it was, but it was the San Jose player was just trying to save some face. Yeah, and he just kept he just kept pushing Cunning and kind of eventually you know said well, okay whatever and that was the end of it. But um, yeah, I mean it's just I, I I do like the way they played. They did look mad, which is what we want to see but they just cannot rest on this and don't think that no, they're going to have any not. kind of no. uh, any kind of success no. like this against Dallas cuz that's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. Not gonna let's happen. not look, let's not overlook Roman Yossi. He had four assists nope. in the game. Matt and so sud- I mean so Roman Yossi is suddenly like right there he is now second as we speak yep. going into Monday night's action. He is second in the league among defensemen in points and he is just one point behind uh, Cal McCarr for the league lead in points among defensemen. And yep. yet he's still not getting any Norris Trophy love. But you know what? If I get too far into this rant, then we'll go on for like 30 minutes. We'll talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, um, I, just, I, I don't get how he's not getting more Norris Trophy love. I just don't understand it at all. I don't but get it either. It is all. what it is. Um, Matt Duchesne, another one that had two goals. He looked really good. Um, he had a really nice um, backhand shot against uh, Staylock. It was beautiful. Just he just hung hung the puck out there and then switched up at the last minute. Yakov Trinan got a yep. goal. Uh, so Trinan uh, got a goal. I mean, they were just passing out goals like it was candy. Well, if, if the Preds would have put me in the game, if they could have subbed me in, I think I might have scored my first career you, NHL you, goal. You might have, or at least got an assist. But they didn't put me in. I know. I was waiting. I don't understand. I was down um, at the end of the bench. I'm like, Coach Hines, put me in. Put me in, Coach. Like, I can score. In, coach. I might I might die in the process when I get hit, but I might score. Everybody's scoring tonight. Let me score. Everybody scored. They but, uh, yeah. Um, they, either, they either scored or got some assists. Yeah. So, so uh, it was a good game, but let's not get overlooked. Game. Let's not get too infatuated with it because nah. it still only counts as two points in the standings. And guess what? Dallas also won the following day on Sunday in a very crazy close game. I watched that game from start to finish. Uh, Dallas, Minnesota, which was Mm -hmm. um, very much, if you're a Preds fan, that was must-watch game for you if you were available to watch it. It was the TNT matinee game. I definitely watched it, and it was a hard-hitting, very rough game, just like we're used to seeing when the Preds play the Stars. And so buckle in, everybody, for Tuesday night. Because that's exactly what's going to happen again. The, the the stars are not afraid to play physical. They're not afraid to play just like the Preds like to play. Um, it's just going to be another crazy game. I mean, 
let's get into this Absolutely. now. This is kind of our opening face-off tonight is the Preds versus the Stars round four of the season. This will be the fourth time they played each other. And between the, three, between the three games, there's only been 16 goals scored between the th- two teams over three games. That's a <laughs> low amount of goals. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a low amount. It's always a, sco- a scoring margin yeah. of nine to seven. Yeah. Favor of the I mean, there these games are always like defensive slugfests. Um, lots of overtime and shootout games. I don't know. I have the exact number, but um, yeah, it's always going to be a fight. And I think anytime we see any of these division teams playing in the central for the rest of the season, it's going to, that's what you're going to get because it's mm-hmm. so close. Five points separate second to fifth. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Going back to last season, Rich, the Preds have won six of the last seven games in this series. I like it's, it. It's, take, it's taken them overtime or shootout. Yep. Yeah. Six of the uh, last seven. So they've, they're not, I mean, they're literally every time they play the Stars, with the exception of the November win mm-hmm. earlier this season, every game that the Preds have beaten the Stars over the last two seasons. It's taken the Preds either an overtime or shootout to beat this team. I mean, it's been that close. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably what's going to happen tomorrow as well. Um, <sighs> I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope can I'm the, wrong too. I hope can the Preds can the Preds just beat the Stars like without having to like outright. Yeah. But I just don't see it happening either. I think you're I right. I don't on see that it, one. unfortunately, either. Um, I was just looking. The Stars are on like a four game win streak right now. Um, Jason Robertson has two Ooh. games. Jason Robertson, he's on another level, Rich. He's on elite <laughs> level status right now. That kid is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, a hat trick in each game for him. Um, I think they said that was the first time that's happened. And while well, I don't, keep he up is, he stars, is such a good player. Fire. He is, a he good is player. such a good player. He should have won the, he should have won the Calder last season, but, but, yeah, uh, Kaprizov had, yeah, he had such a, he was just on another level as well. But yeah. uh, if this was if it was this year for Robertson, I think oh he, yeah, it wouldn't even be a question about it. it. No question. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just kind of seems like the Predators and the and the Stars kind of crisscrossed. Like the as the Predators were on a good uh, winning streak, the Stars were not, and then they just kind of. I think that the Stars <laughs> have become the Preds' biggest rival. If you're going current times. If you're just going current times, I know that everyone will say, no, it's the Blackhawks. But, no, I actually no. think it's got to be – it's got to be the Stars if you're talking about current relevancy right now. It's yeah, got when, to be the Dallas Stars. And when you look at that, what you just said, six of the last seven were overtime or shut or, um, shootouts. I mean, that tells you right there. Yeah, yeah. That tells you right there that's – that's what kind of rivalry it's it just is. So yeah, it's going to be another big game for sure. I can't wait to go. I will. We will oh, it's going to be fun. share a bunch on the Catfish on Ice podcast account pictures. Um, me maybe having to uh, exhort to a little physical violence on my friend. No, oh, that man. won't happen. No, that won't happen, Rich. I'm too nice. But uh, for real, the motions are going to be running high though. Oh, you, you know that it. The the Bridgestone will be like very loud because that's how all these. When and I gotta tell, the stars are in I town. gotta tell this story. Here's why. Honestly, if the stars end up beating the Preds on Tuesday night, 
I feel like I might get some revenge enacted towards me <laughs> by my buddy Clayton, who is a diehard Stars fan. He so I was a little bit of a um, bad sport one oh. year. A couple. This was before the pandemic. This would have been. Okay. I think this was the year. I think this was 2019. This was actually the year that the uh, pre that the Stars knocked out the Preds in the first round. But this was during the regular season, and I remember that we were sitting up in the upper decks and watching this uh, Pred Stars game, just like you always see. The, mm-hmm. These two teams are always close. And it went to overtime. Big surprise. I really wish I remember who scored the game winner for the Preds that night. But uh, it was like a one-to-one game or something like that, the oh, entire wow. game. And the Preds won two-to-one in overtime. And it was on some type of breakaway. And I was not a very humble <laughs> Uh, winner that night. Um, I will say that a little bit of alcohol was involved as well, but right. it was like it, there was a lot of trash talk between myself and Clayton the entire yeah. night. Uh, and it was like a close one to one type of game. And when the Preds won that game, I just remember I mean, I can get away with it because he's like my closest friend, but like yeah. I was not a gracious winner that night, so I know that he's gonna dish it back at me on Tuesday night if the Preds indeed end up losing this game. So, uh, for my sake, Preds, can you please win this game please. so I do not have to deal with that? Yeah, you will probably hear about it for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's, I've set uh, myself up for it. I mean, I, can, I just have to prepare myself for it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, nerve-wracking, but fun. So, yeah, I don't know. And then the uh, little nervous. The, the little Stars nervous, have uh, their goaltender of the future now with Jake Ottinger. Who is uh he was incredible yeah. in that uh in that fire. Minnesota game on Sunday. Yep. Oh my gosh. Ottinger was making early on in the game, Minnesota was like all over them. You mm-hmm. it was looking like Minnesota was gonna score two or three goals right out the start. And yep. Ottinger completely kept Minnesota from yeah. scoring multiple goals until yep. the stars could figure it out. And then the stars eventually just broke open and ended up winning the game pretty easily. But yeah. that's what happens when you have an outstanding goaltender like Jake Ottinger and like UC Soros as well, who does mm-hmm. it all the time for the Preds. So you're going to see another goaltender clash between UC Soros and Jake Ottinger, two up-and-coming, young, future star goaltenders of this league. I mean, it's just – it's going to be – it's going to have all the makings. Tyler Sagan is oh, yeah. suddenly starting to get hot and, and make some things happen. This team is no longer sellers at the trade deadline. Everyone thought that the Stars were going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Now, all of a sudden, they're clicking on all cylinders. We'll be have to wait and see what they decide to do with some of their assets, but I don't think they're going to be sellers anymore. I think that ship is sailed. I agree. Um, I know that <clears throat> Joe Pavelski is one of the ones who that's is a happening. free agent, but that's not happening. There's no, there's no and John way. Klingberg as well. No way. You no. cannot. Even, think, even even if those guys walk and you get nothing for them, you got to sh- take your shot right now. If you're in the front office of the mm-hmm. Dallas Stars right now, yep. you're thinking this is our last chance to do something special and we've got the roster to do it. Let's just let the chips fall where they may. Yep. I don't think the Preds are in that position exactly. Nope. <laughs> even though they're either. even though they're neck and neck in the standings, it's just two different situations right now for these two organizations. Right. But yeah, Tuesday mean, night will be fun, uh, and it, I can't I can't wait to see it. And let's just hope that the Preds can once again 
have the number of the stars when it matters. It's going to be fun. Yeah, huge game, man. Two teams yeah, that know each two teams that know each other very, very well. Yep. This if they uh, win, Predators win. That'll put them back in fourth uh, fourth spot in the division. If they lose, they'll be down three points to the Stars in the fifth uh, spot and in but the second also, spot. So. But they're also only five points behind the St. Louis Blues for they second are. place. They are. That's true. So that is absolutely true. Even if they lose to Dallas, it's not like a season ender, obviously, or it's not like no. But it's just, it's not, it's, but it just but these teams are so close together right now, yeah, and yeah. like you're just you're looking for a win streak right now. You're looking for a four or five game win streak. This week is so huge because you're playing against you're playing against so many teams who are in the middle of this playoff race with you right mm-hmm. now. You've got Anaheim later this week. You've got St. Louis. Then you've got Minnesota. So you've got four games in a row against Western Conference teams that are all in the middle of this playoff race with you right now. Yeah. So you got to win three of the next four if you're serious about making the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, three absolutely. of the next four. Yeah, and that's going to be a tall order, unfortunately. But um, really like to have those two Seattle points right now would have been awesome. Well, we can't we can't dwell can't, on that, Rich. Can't dwell on the past. We can't dwell on that, please. <laughs> Don't make me dwell on that. Can't dwell on that. But all right. Um, so when that I, that's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for three winning three of the next four, or if you don't win three of the next four, at least get points in three of the next four. Yeah, that's it, what I'm looking yeah. for. You can't afford to go one and three or nope. zero and four. That and will also, that will bury you. You also can't um, afford to go up on a team two nothing and then lay back and not keep fighting like they did. I keep bringing up Seattle. I'm sorry, but it just still bugs me. Um, two two nothing lead and they just like give up three goals. All this four goals actually. Well, three goals and uh, just that can't happen. It can't Rich, happen you really won't let me move on from I'm this. Not let you move on. <laughs> I'm Rich, not. it was five days ago. It was you ancient history. It. Well, they can't do it. They just can't do it again. Rich, it's ancient history. Let it go. <sighs> it's so frustrating. It was but, almost yeah. a week ago for crying out loud. I, I know. I know. I just can't. Just can't. They, I don't they, know if ever, I don't know if everyone can sense my sarcasm here, but they know uh, better. They know. I definitely better. want to let it go. Yeah, they know better All and right. they can play better. We know that. So. All right. Ugh. I feel like you're scolding a child right now. You know better. You do that. You they know better. Be, they should be scolded. That's All what right. needs to happen. This <clears throat> is episode 111 of Catfish on Ice. We're getting you ready for the Preds and the Stars. Uh, likely you're listening to this on Tuesday if you're downloading the podcast. So we're getting ready, getting you ready for tonight. Hopefully you're heading to the game. If you are, share with us some of your pregame. Uh, hype moments you're having right now. Yep. If you're going to the game, send us your picks at Catfish Ice on Twitter. We'll retweet them. Uh, I will be at the game. Can't wait to go. Uh, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. So it's always a good time. Yes. Always a good time. Right. Even, if it, even if it's a loss, it's a good time. Well, we're not going to think about losses. But we're not going to think about that. Right. I'm not going on that. Speaking of that, let's get into our next segment here, and that is – Let's go back and look at some previous seasons in the last decade and yes. see where those Preds teams were compared to where this year's Preds team is in the standings, also how they were doing in some key categories, how their roster was doing in terms of a lot of the same players that are still on this team right now 
interestingly yeah, enough. That's true. Yeah, it's right? kind of weird, but yes. And so kind of what strange. better team to compare it to than the team that went to the went to the Stanley Cup in 2016-17? It's perfect. Let's go ahead and start with that team and see where do the Preds compare. This year's Preds team compares to that year's Preds team. So the Preds have played 55 games this season. So we're going to use the 55-game mark as our measuring stick for this segment. 55 games, gotcha. Yep, that's where the Preds are. So in 2016-17, the year that the Preds eventually ended up going to the Stanley Cup Final as they barely snuck into the playoffs – through 55 games, that team had 26 wins, 21 losses, eight overtime losses with 60 points. So they were six points behind where this current Preds team is right now. Wow. Now, no one is no one is trying to sit here and say, including myself and Rich, that the Preds are going to the Stanley Cup this year. But it just goes to show yeah. you that is the one example that the Preds have in their franchise history – where they did not look great in the regular season, they barely made the playoffs, and they still managed to go to the Stanley Cup. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a it's just a testament to what can happen if you can, you know, just get to the playoffs. Anything can happen. That's that's mm-hmm. the most important thing, and that's what they have to focus on right now is just getting into the playoffs. And that's what that 2016-2017 did. 2017 team did. They focused on – they made it in the playoffs, and then good things happened. I mean, really good things happened. And, you know, they were so close, but just uh, – yeah, it just goes to show you what, what can – anything can happen in this in this game. So, And so what I found really interesting as well is normally game 55 of an NHL regular season is played almost a month before where we're at right now. Oh, yeah, but with all of the cancellations, yeah, with the Olympic right. break and all that, mm-hmm. your March and April is going to be way more congested with games than normal. It's not as spread out as a normal season. Most of the yeah. time, game 55 is played in the second week of February. That's crazy. So that kind of makes you think a little <laughs> bit as well. Just keep that in mind. But uh, that season in 2016-17, the leading point scorer – for the Preds was Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson as they tied for 61 points apiece. Um, you want to know who our leading point scorer is right now with still a lot of games left? It's Roman Yossi. Yeah. With 59 that's points. Weird, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's really telling. Uh, <laughs> truthfully, if you think about it, Ryan Johansson, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but I know he doesn't have as many as Roman Yossi, and he no. was just killing it, killing it in that. Ryan Johansson's Ryan Johansson's got thirty nine points this season. Yeah. So I mean, if he gets a hot streak, he, if he gets a hot streak, he could get to sixty one points. I don't see it happening, but it, it could either. happen. But the yeah. point is, that team was very much more spread out in terms mm-hmm. of they didn't have a bunch of players like having just crazy years. It was more spread out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Some of the key categories they finished in that season, in the regular season, they were 15th in the penalty kill. They were 16th in the power play. They were 11th in goals four per game. 
and they were 15th in goals against per game. So they were very much middle of the road in terms of your key categories. Yep. So we obsess all season about these, oh, the Preds are in the top 10 in the power play or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> in a lot of ways, matter especially during that, during that season, throw all those stats out of the, out the window. Yeah, you throw those you throw those stats out the window and you look at on paper this year's team is better at this point than that team and look at the predicament they're in, the spot they're in. They're, you know, barely hanging on right now and then they're playing way better hockey than they were back then, but yeah. It's just it's so tight. The 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 division's so tight, so yeah. And that yep. season as well, the Preds had 12 overtime losses in 2016-17. This year's team only has four overtime losses. So a lot of a lot of a lot of the ways that the Preds that season mm-hmm. even made it into the playoffs was because they figured out ways to at least get a point yes. in some of these games. And I and I know that it's never fun to lose even when it's in overtime, but when you get that extra point, it can still make a huge difference oh, in making the playoffs. No, oh, absolutely, it does. Yeah, I, as ref, as you said, you know that's how you know that team wasn't as good, and they found ways to at least get those points, and mm-hmm. that that's a good uh, um, indicator of what got them there. Part of the reason that got them there. So, yeah. So I just found it interesting that uh, the this current Preds team is six points ahead of that team's pace through fifty five yeah. games. Let's yep. go to the next season, though, which was the President's Trophy season. Yep. And I can go ahead and tell you right now, this probably doesn't surprise you, but the Preds this season are not ahead of that team in points pace. No. That yep. would not be that would not make any sense if that was the case. No. Uh, so the 2017-18 team, which went on to win the President's Trophy, they were 34-12 and nine for 77 points. Through uh, 55 games. So, I mean, 11 points better than this current Preds team. So, I mean, way better, but still not a huge gap. Not huge, but they still had some of those OT win or losses. And and, and really, and I remember this like it was yesterday, honestly. What made that President's Trophy team so good was Mm -hmm. Pecorine. I mean, he was literally like... He bailed them out on so many occasions during that season. Yeah. And I'm not saying that team wasn't good around him because it was a really, really good team. P.K. Subban came in and was a huge mm-hmm. part of that President's Trophy season. But Pecorine definitely had one of his best years of his career that season. And Pekka's numbers, he went 42 wins, 13 losses, four overtime losses, for a .927 save percentage, 2.31 goals against average. Let's not overlook that that was when UC Soros really decided to start getting the looks of being Pekka's predecessor or uh, accessor uh, after him. Yes. Uh, because UC Soros, not to be overlooked, went for a .925 save percentage and a 2.45 goals against average in backup duty for Pecorino that year. So virtually the same numbers is what he has this season. He did that season as a new goaltender. Yeah, that's 
we always knew, <clears throat> I mean, you could just tell back then the way things were going to go and it finally happened this year. Saros took the reins over from Pekka. So the, uh, crazy that, that president's trophy team was 11th in the power play sixth in the penalty kill. So they were way up there for that. They were top 10 in goals for per game. They were second in the league in goals against. So they were stingy on defense. And a lot of that had to do with Pecorine, of course, and UC mm-hmm. Soros. So they were good there. Forsberg led the team in points that year with 64 points. Wow. But he only played 67 games. So he was a point-per-game player, basically. That's strong. Arvidsson had 61 points. P.K. Subban had 59 points, including 43 assists. Johansson wow. had 54 points. How about this? This, this will kind of surprise you. Roman Yossi that season only had 53 points in 75 oh, wow. games. In 75 games. That's so he, he wasn't the main cog of the team yet. No, not yet. But boy, he is now. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously he is now. Couldn't live without him. Speaking of Roman Yossi, he's got a really good chance, Rich, of setting the single season franchise record. I saw that points. you tweeted that. Yep. Yep. He's at 59 points right now. All he has to do, the math works out perfectly. If he all he has to do, I say all he has to do, like it's easy, <laughs> but all he has to do is literally average right on the right on the dot, a point per game for the rest of the season. And he will break Paul Correa's franchise record for points in the season, which is at 85 points. I think he can do it. He, I mean, he's, he's ahead of, he he's, he's a little bit ahead of a point per game pace for the season. Yes. Yeah. I, th- so I think he can he do can. it. Yeah. I think he could definitely do it. Um, yeah, I mean, he got what did he get the other night? Like four points, <laughs> four, four assists in one night. So you he know. had four assists against the Sharks, and he also had two assists against the uh, so Kraken. Yeah, so, so just six points in his last two games, which has really boosted him back up into that pace yeah. of being in that conversation. So he's got a really good chance. It's gonna be fun yeah. to watch down the he stretch. Keep it up. I think he can. I think he can keep it up. Let's he's go. Usually, you know what though. Prepare what? yourself. It might come down to the last game of the season to see if he breaks it. Oh, wow. Like, I can That'd see that crazy. happening. Yeah, I can see that happening, yeah. too. All right. All right, let's go. Let's look at another team. Let's look at the 2014-15 Preds team, which was Peter Laviolette's wow. first season as head coach. That season, the Preds finished second in the division. Wow. And they lost in six games to the Blackhawks in the first round. That was back when the Blackhawks were still mm-hmm. a dynasty. They were still one of the best teams in the league. Yep. I remember that series, and the Preds definitely pushed them as far as they could and just didn't have enough playmakers on that team yet to really hang with them. But yeah. listen how crazy good this team was at game 55. That team was 37, 12, and 6 for 80 points. Man, what is up with that? That was that blew my mind because the the so we're all obsessing over the Colorado Avalanche this season, right? Yeah. 
Wow. The Colorado Avalanche have 85 points this season through 56 games. That Preds team in 2014-15 had 80 points through the same amount of games. So they were right buzzing yeah, through the regular I mean, season. But let me go ahead and save you the suspense, Rich. Here's what happened to that team. This month of March that we're currently in, that Preds team hit a rough patch. They lost nine out of 11 games in March. What do you know? And so can we just go, let's go ahead and say this right now. If if this year's Preds team decides that they're going to lose nine of their last 11 like the 2014-15 did, then this team's not even making the playoffs. You can just no. go ahead and kiss no that way. goodbye. No way. Absolutely not. Uh, so that season, Forsberg also led the team in points with 63 game, 63 points, and he played all 82 games that season. So it took him 82 games just to get 63 points. So you're talking about like much lower point totals for some mm. of these players. They did have six players with 40-plus points. They had Mike Ribeiro, Roman Yossi, Shea Weber, Craig Smith, and Colin Wilson all had 40-plus points. This current season, the Preds already have four players that are at 40-plus points. Yep, and another one close to 40. Johansson's got 39. Yeah, Johansson, yeah. And you're thinking that Tanner Janot has a really good chance to get to 40-plus points. He's oh, yeah, eight points so. shy of that. So it's looking like they'll also have six players with 40-plus points this season. And that 2014-15 team was a very balanced scoring team. Whereas this year's team, you can argue maybe it's a little bit more top-heavy when it comes to their point producers and their goal scorers. Although, Mm -hmm. if you watch the San Jose Sharks game, you wouldn't think that. But that was more of an outlier. That was definitely an outlier. Absolutely. Go ahead and bring Kyle Perkins in here, but I got one more. What's up, Kyle? How are you, buddies? It's the boy, boy, Kyle. We missed you, man. We missed you. It's good to be back. It's so good to have you back, man. We've got one more. I got one more team to share real quick, guys. All right, let's look at the 2013-14 team, which was Barry Trotz's last season as head coach. Uh, It's hard to believe it was that long ago. But, yeah. um, Game 50. So, that was the last season that this Preds franchise did not make the playoffs, believe it or not. So this team makes the playoffs every year. That's why the fans are don't care about making the playoffs anymore. Nope. Because that's what this team does. I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, but uh, it's also frustrating to have this problem because you never know what to do with this team. But uh, that season, through 55 games, the Preds were 25, 23, and 8 with 58 points. So, so eight points behind this current season. They missed the playoffs. That was the last time they did that. They fell apart in March, just like the next season's team did, by going 6-8-1 and one in March. So, basically yeah. what we're saying is March is a really important month. <laughs> it's a massive month. Looking at the schedule, it's huge. Yep. yep. Kyle, we're happy Definitely. to have you back, man. And we never got to ask you – about oh, your yeah. stadium series experience. We want to hear about it right now because I know you had a great time. I got to watch it all. I got to follow a lot of your stuff on Twitter. Uh, so tell us all about it, man. It was an absolutely awesome weekend. And uh, the presentation that Nashville did, the 
and honestly, the the Tampa fans that were there were awesome too. It was really surprising to me how cool the Tampa fans were because even after the game, I'll skip to this. Everybody was walking back across the pedestrian bridge, and you'd think there would be some going at one another because you know there was a lot of intoxicated people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool because most of the Tampa fans were like, "Hey, that was a good game." Um, and most of the Nashville fans were like, we didn't really expect to win. We're just happy that it was a game. And <laughs> that's funny. And everybody just had a really good time. I don't think I talked to anybody that was like, I didn't like it. I didn't have fun. Um, mm. Just everything the city did leading up to it and the winter park and all that kind of good stuff that they had going on beforehand. It was just, it was awesome. It was cool to see that many people in a town in the south there for hockey mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome. and i've had so many people like i posted a couple to my personal facebook and people are like what is wrong with you why would you i said look look this stadium is full most of the yeah. times the most of the time the titans can't fill this stadium mm-hmm. I, I said there is 70,000 people here for a hockey game, and it is the wildest atmosphere you've ever seen in your life. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really glad I was there. Uh, I got to meet some people that I've met on here and mm-hmm. all that kind of good stuff. It was really cool getting to talk to the people that I got to talk to, and there's so many that I didn't get to talk to because it felt like I was running the entire time, and then I've been tired since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but it, it was an awesome experience. Uh, I think Nashville proved that they're a hockey town. Uh, awesome. That they're they're not a an anomaly of a market. And I thought it was awesome to hear some of your big name pundits and stuff saying stuff like, "Why haven't we done this yet? Mm-hmm. This needs to be next year's Winter Classic. Needs to be here." Uh, there's never been a better venue for an outdoor game. Uh, just glowing reviews of the city. And Mike, Mike Twitter agrees about that winter classic thing. That would be awesome. Um, and the weather, the weather was really not terrible, but Bailey's and hot chocolate made it better. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. I, I saw that. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I saw that it was the seventh highest attended hockey game in NHL history. That's that's awesome. just, that and, blew my mind. Yeah, and for, me too. And, and for that to be a stadium series, this wasn't a Winter Classic on New Year's Day. It was yeah. just a normal Saturday night in late February. For them to pull that kind of number, the seventh highest, and like you said, Kyle, big kudos goes to the Tampa Bay fans. For, oh, they're uh, class act. For making the trip for making the trip up here and showing, hey, we care about this team too. But it really does it really is a testament to how much of a destination city that Nashville is. I think the NHL comes out of it being very pleased with what they saw. Obviously. Yeah. I don't see how they could be happier. Uh, you look at the last stadium series, who was it? Colorado and LA. Yep. And yeah. And it, it was a it was a bit of a mess. There, the getting in and out of the game was awful, and mm-hmm. just there wasn't much you, to uh, do around the arena. 
it doesn't take much re- much research to look it up. Uh, the stadium series has actually really struggled and lost a lot of popularity yeah. over over the past, like I don't know, five or six, however long they've been doing it. It's never really been that popular, and a lot of a lot of critics of it have said we don't like the stadium series because it taints the the sp- the special quality right. that the winter classic brings. We don't want to have too many of these outdoor games because then it kind of cheapens the value of the winter classic. We want it to be special and it not to happen very often. But when you see uh, a game in late February, not even on a holiday yep. to do what it did. For, I mean, it just, it's huge, man. So yeah. you, you look at the winter winter classic, even down to the Jersey choice. The winter classic jerseys are all these nice retro looking. The Preds winter classic jersey is probably my favorite Preds jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got these, and like the ones Minnesota and St. Louis had this year. I like both of theirs. Mm-hmm. And it's just this heritage filled mm-hmm. event. Yeah. And then the stadium series, you've got these wilder looking jerseys. And it just, it the ones that I've been around for, they just, it was just a wild looking Jersey and a game in a stadium. Nashville, Nashville took that premise, that concept and made it into something bigger. They made it into a party Mm -hmm. that encompassed the stadium, the city and put it all together and made it into its own thing. That is just as special as a winter classic. Yeah. That's, like what you're saying, it takes away from the Winter Classic having an outdoor game just for an outdoor game. But when you pull off something like they did there, that makes that stadium series something that's just as special. It's yeah. different. Yeah. It's different, you, but it's just yeah. as special. Yeah, and if you look at, like, Nashville is a destination city. I mean, it just is. There's there's so many things to do there, and it's all right there downtown. Everything is downtown. There's a football stadium. There's a hockey arena concerts there's food i mean it's just and it's all within walking distance it's all centrally located to where you can go down there you can get you a hotel room right in downtown nashville you can walk Mm. two blocks and go to bridgestone you can go wherever you want downtown there's tons of stuff to do and that's what makes it the perfect place to have this let's also nashville and then uh, all tourism can send me my check now yeah (laughs) they can send all of us a check to uh Uh, yeah, the Kyle Perkins, Rich Howe, and Chad Mitten will all take our checks right now. Yep. But um, really quick, also, um, I don't think they, I don't think they need our average, our promotions. No. Honestly, they're doing but, all uh, right. But they're doing, they're doing right. pretty good. Yeah. But also, trust me, guys, I work down there. I drive down there yep. six days a week. I know. But yeah. um, <laughs> but also, I think it stretches beyond just hockey. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a hockey podcast, oh, yeah. but let, th- this is like. There's other entities that are looking at this and thinking, ooh, like, okay. There's a lot of people who chatter about, is Nashville ever going to get a Super Bowl? Well, obviously, there's got to be a new football stadium built in Nashville before that happens. But the point is, when you see these big events like this go so well, it just opens up more possibilities. There's a new soccer stadium being built around here. And a lot of our fellow Preds fans that uh, we're friends with on Preds Twitter – they're also big Nashville SC fans. They kind of go hand in hand. And let me yep. tell you guys, this new soccer stadium is about to open up. It's a little south of downtown. You couldn't walk to it from where we're talking about, but it's yeah. definitely right there downtown. Oh. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be a big deal. And I'm really starting to get into soccer. 
we'll probably I think that we should honestly start having like a weekly like small segment just talking about the soccer team. I, like soccer. I think it'd be fun for this podcast. But uh yeah. we could bring on some 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 people who know way more about the game than we do and probably yeah. enlighten us and teach us about it. But I, I think that'd be a fun fun addition to the podcast. Yeah. But uh but yeah, that's another great thing for this city. So I mean, this city's thinking about not only hosting a winter classic, but uh yeah. Super Bowl uh, Final Four, March Madness, like all these things. World Cup is being talked about a, here. There was an indie indie car race there. Yeah, Who would have so, ever I mean, thought just, that was going to happen? I mean, that was yeah. really strange. I'm coming to that next race. Oh, it looks so to, yeah. fun. It looked like I watched. Kudos, I watched all of it on TV. Kudos to uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning fans also because everything I read yeah. and heard about as well. What they were a pretty classy fan base, especially for a team that has won two cups in a row, so they have every reason yeah. to be a little cocky. But uh, I heard good things about them, and I saw them say a lot of good things about our fan base as well, so it was cool to see that. Yeah. They they were loud, and they were proud about it, but everybody, like I said, everybody laughed, had a good time. That's awesome. We had some beers with Tampa fans, and they were genuinely awesome people. Um, and then I'm – I'm really, really sad that I couldn't go to the uh, the uh, home base freakout with Renegades Puck. I would have oh, really yeah, loved yeah. to have been there and met all those awesome people that were there. So many just great people who cover the Preds and, and put Pred stuff out there. So uh, kind of just, Kyle, tell us about that real quick, too. That was a party. It was a little. Yeah, I saw it was, that. It, it was a with little. Charlie, of, with Crazy Charlie? <laughs> yes. It was all kinds of a party. And, uh. They had so many good people there uh, just representing hockey all around. And it just, it was a good, good turnout. There was a lot of energy there and it was just a lot of different, different folks uh, that came in. Um, <clears throat> it was just wild. Um, did, you, yeah. uh, did you get to uh, shake hands with Chris Mason? I wasn't there when Mason was there. Oh, man. I had to go to another thing. So I, I, I did not get to see Mason and Hal yeah. Gill, but Stu Grimson was walking in as I was leaving. Oh, wow. And he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah, he is. I've, I've actually <laughs> seen him in person as well, and he is a big guy. He's Looks not funny. Hal Gill, but he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, all right, so with that, everyone, we are presented by DraftKings. We are about to get to Kyle Perkins' new edition of Perks Picks. We've been deprived of Perks Picks. <laughs> For yep. a couple of weeks, but we're back. But before we get to that, we're going to tell you about DraftKings, our sponsor. And guess what? All of our hockey fans listening, we've got a good DraftKings offer for you right now. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and Ooh. some big wins. Yeah, it's dirty dangles. There have been some dirty dangles this year, I promise you. As yep. the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two yes we do we got some good deals for you to win big just like some of these nhl teams are winning big right now download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code thpn bet just one dollar on any nhl team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win that's promo code thpn at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl 21 and up restrictions apply so, yes, we've also got some 
to responsible gambling practices that you can check out in our show notes. Go check it out on on our podcast platforms, and you can see where we have responsible gambling practices and numbers you can call if you have a gambling problem, of course. And also, if the sports book isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So go do that right now for all of our hockey fans. That's it. Wheel snipe Sally, boys. Right, Kyle? Dirty freaking dangles, boys. Dirty dangles, uh, boys. Oh, wait. I mean, hold, on. If, hold on. If dirty dangles does not get you interested in the DraftKings sports oh. app, I don't know what will. Where did you get that? Walmart. <laughs> I didn't even know they had those. That's cool. I was walking by. I was like, it's Katie Cat. I have to have That's it. That's awesome. Now I have so to Kyle, find the rest of them. <laughs> for, all the, for all the folks who are listening to the podcast, Kyle had a pop figure of Katie from Letterkenny. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, awesome. It made my day. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Very so Speaking cool. of DraftKings, I will give them a shout out. I used them while I was at the stadium series. I did not do well. Uh, and we'll leave it there. But the app worked great. It was awesome. Awesome. So I'll give them my free shout out. There you go. There you go. But we'll start Very out cool. start out our little picks here. I'm a little rusty. It's been a minute. Uh, uh, had a little bit of illness in the in the house last Monday. Nah. It's all good now. We're, That's good. we're all good. But good. Uh, we're going to talk first about the person, one of the people that I've talked about the most here recently. That would be the human highlight reel, Luke Evangelista. Uh, <laughs> if if you do not follow any prospects at all, you don't follow Milwaukee at all, you don't follow anybody other than the main Nashville Predators team, watch this kid. Or at least oh, yes. just follow the London Knights on Twitter, and you're going to see a lot of him because he scores often. And if he's not the one scoring the goal, most likely he's the one getting an assist on it. He's got 80, uh, what is it, 82 points in 44 games. 43 goals, 39 assists, and they're dirty freaking dangles, boys. There's, yeah, uh, the things this kid does with the puck are just astounding to watch. It's Mm -hmm. he's he's really taking over that that whole franchise too. I mean, he's really like energizing. I mean, I've never followed the London Knights before this, obviously, but I mean, this it's a fun Twitter account to follow too. They, they're kind of a perennial favorite in juniors. Uh, they're always going to be one of your top teams. And they've had a lot of legendary, really good players come through their system. Uh, I, last time I talked about it, I talked about Mitch Marner and mm-hmm. uh, how similar those two are. Uh, Evangelista is more of a goal scorer than a passer. But uh, still, they're just... They pump out some really good players, and Luke's going to be another one. It just I don't see how he doesn't at this point. Uh, I'm just scrolling through my Twitter, and it's just highlight after highlight of these goals that he's scoring. I mean, he's basically he's a goal per game player. I mean, I don't care what level yeah. of hockey you're at. That's that's just on another level, man. Yeah, that's it's not a normal level of production. Uh, He's just fun to watch. It's 
it's always cool to see whenever you see London show up and it's, oh, the captain did it again. The captain did it again. He's also yeah. the captain of the London Knight. So apparently leadership's in his wheelhouse as well. Always great to see. Definitely good to see. Speaking of some, well, one young oh. guy. Hold on. I got I to gotta make a timeout real quick. So I'm going to the game tomorrow night with Clayton Stewart, the Dallas Stars fan. And he okay. just sent me a text. He just sent me a text saying that the Dallas Stars have showed up at he's a he's a bartender at a Luke Bryan Steakhouse E3 Chop House. He says the Dallas Stars have just showed up a lot of their players including Jason Robertson. And he says this is a good omen for me. The Preds are going down. <laughs> And I'm like, I mean, why? Because they eat steak at a nice steakhouse. Yeah. That means they're gonna win. Like, yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe they'll get all full and like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I need. I'm gonna text him and be like, "Hey, can you serve them in a couple extra glasses of wine? Maybe. Um, yeah, and some. So, serve them a the, bunch of stuff that's really gonna make them feel bloated tomorrow. Yeah, the like, big massive steak, whatever the biggest yeah, steak you have. All right. We'll work on that. <clears throat> yeah, right. definitely. I just find that really hilarious that he's already talking awesome. trash. <laughs> and these players are – so we know where the Dallas Stars are at right now. They're eating steak at a really nice steakhouse. Um, yeah, okay. They're already in town. Our, our, our Preds insider, our Preds insider, who is also a Dallas Stars fan, just let us know where the Dallas Stars are eating their dinner tonight before this big game. Hmm. And now there's going to be 50 people show up at that restaurant. Trying to <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Jason Robertson, can we have your autograph? I mean, I'd want his autograph. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. My next one is uh, a perfect 10, and that would be 10 points against the Sharks by the fourth line of, of the superstars, Michael McCarron, Matt Luff, <laughs> and That's Phil too. Tomasino. <laughs> the perennial powerhouse that um, is the fourth line. Did did y'all see the media availability after the game? I did not. I, I did not, but I'm Go on your NHL.com app, watch the media availability, and be somewhere you can laugh literally out loud <laughs> because Philip Tomasino and Michael McCarron are hysterical. I'll have to check it but, out. The the interviewers are having trouble getting questions in because of laughing. Oh, I bet. Okay. Uh, yeah. I missed that. Tomasino refers to McCarron as big sexy. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Uh, th those guys are having a lot of fun. Uh, and it's funny because McCarron had the most points out of any of them. He had four points and Luff and Tomasino both had three. McCarron tied Yossi for points in that game. <laughs> uh, what's the world coming to right i mean i've talked a lot about luff and mccarran probably not needing to be on the roster but <laughs> i'm here I for mean, it you know those those guys need a day in the sun too so i mean one uh, game against a really uh, a goaltender that hadn't started in like two seasons but let's not take away their glory no no, no. it was and I will say something about McCarron. I don't think – I do think that there's got to be some better options out there long-term, obviously. <laughs> Cody Glass. But, uh. <laughs> yes. Yes. But 
I guess we could do worse. I don't know. He is starting to kind of find his role with this team, I guess. He's but, really uh, good net front. Yes, but is that sustainable in the playoffs? No, it's not. No. That that first goal he scored, and I tweeted this out, that I could have scored that goal if Philip Tomasino yeah. set me up that well, and I can't even skate. And I've yep. never shot a puck <laughs> in my life. Um, so... <laughs> was that the was that the one where he was just like parked right in front of the net? Yep, and Phil put and it right just, on his tape and just and he didn't yeah. even have to move; it just kind of hit his stick and went in. Yeah, yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> it's like just stand there and let me shoot it at you. Uh, yep. But that's fun. all of all of this is coming from stuff that Tomasino is doing. It looks mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, that. I harp on this all the time. Leave the kid with a good center. If bring back Novak or Glass, or put him with Ryan Johansson. Johansson's struggling. He played the best he's played this season. Whenever they had him with the youngest players on the team, mm, I like that. Uh, yeah. Put Johansson, Tolvin, and Tomasino on a line together and see what happens for like three games. I don't. I don't understand for anything whatever happened to Novak. I know he got hurt down in Milwaukee, so he missed some time. But I thought eventually that he would be brought back up. I thought it would eventually yeah. happen. Like, he would get – I thought they were just maybe – at first I was like, they're just letting him get a little bit uh, back into the swing of things in Milwaukee, and they're going to eventually bring him back up. But it just hasn't happened. I mean, it's like – it's so weird to me. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes that's making them make this decision where it's like, we're just going to keep Novak in Milwaukee mm-hmm. after all. He did not his play on the ice before he left the team gave you no reason to think that he wasn't going to be on this roster from start to finish this season. Oh, I agree. So it's just weird to me. Like, yeah, I agree. How, especially when you're talking about a team. Hey, it's weird to talk about this because they just put up eight goals, but it's weird for me to think about a team that's lacking offensive scoring depth. I mean, I've said this in previous episodes. I feel like there's only five players on this team who I can count on to score a clutch goal. And it's Forsberg, mm-hmm. Yossi, uh, Duchesne, uh, Yakov, Trennan, and um, who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out? Granlin. Granlin, Janot. No, it was Janot. It was Janot. I didn't even put I didn't even put uh, Granlin in there because Granlin's just not been a big goal scorer this year. He he yep. can set up good goals. Granlin can mm-hmm. set up good goals. He's a part of scoring the clutch goals, but as far as him actually being the one to score it, he hasn't been that way this year. So this team needs some more scores. You know, you know, John Hines likes those big dudes that are monsters, and that's what McCarron is. So, Kyle, what were you about to say about uh, Granlin, real quick? Granlund will always be on the clutch goal list because of Lindsay's favorite Nashville game ever. Okay. What the? When he's the one where Granlund scored with like 0.7 seconds. Oh, left yeah. Oh, yeah. That was to good. To win one. the game. That was I'm not. Didn't, didn't yeah, he tie not, it and then win it? Yeah. yeah. It was a crazy game. I remember that. Yeah. That was. Yeah. yeah. He did. She's absolutely right on that and one. Then won, the, uh, won it in the <laughs> overtime. Yeah. Yep, my Twitter says I'm not, Granlin missed an easy goal Saturday night. Yeah, he did. Look, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that Granlin's not clutch. I'm talking about guys who are just pure. Yeah. I'm going to go out and find a goal in this situation because yeah. we need one. Yeah. I can't put Granlin in that class. He's close, but he's just 
that's not who I'm looking at on this roster when the team's down a goal with five minutes remaining in the game, and it's like, put up or shut up, we got to get a goal somehow. There's really only five guys that I'm like, these five guys can do it. And I feel like if you're going to have success in the playoffs, you need more than that. So mm-hmm, I'm yeah. thinking about more offensive-minded players for the depth, and that's kind of brings me back around to a player like Novak, who I feel like playing with Tomasino again, they could generate some clutch goals and maximize their potential. And even though McCarron did score two goals, this isn't going to happen long-term. I can't look for that fourth line to score clutch goals, you know, no. with McCarron in there. No, no, that's, uh, that's something you're not going to probably see duplicated for a while. I would say. I mean, unless unless somehow we're going to face the San Jose Sharks in the first round and Alex Stalock's their starter, then I think mm. we need to go ahead and say that that's not sustainable, guys. I don't know mm. about you. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely not sustainable. Not All right, let's go to your next be. pick. Okay, um, next one up is plus four. And I don't like plus minus, but when you set a franchise record for plus minus, you get talked about. That's Philip Tomasino. Plus four go. is the highest rating ever by Preds rookie. Oh, oh wow. wow. You're pulling you that. pulled that stat. You pulled that stat out of nowhere. I didn't know about that one. That's a good one. Yep. So Phil. Keep doing Phil things. I mean, good things are happening. I'm looking at the stats from the game. It says his plus minus was a five. Oh, he did end up getting another yeah. one. Yeah. So yeah. Um uh, yeah, and there's only better. plus five. That's awesome. And there's That's only killer. three people that are above. Yeah. McCarron got a plus four and Luff got a plus four, obviously. Yep. And you're, <laughs> you know, what's really mind blowing about that game. We're talking about players who were only on the ice for like 10 or 11 minutes. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you want to talk about making the most out of a little bit of time on the ice. I mean, it's just you got that right. I mean, I, I don't think plus. I hate plus and minus two. I think it can yeah. really be misleading, obviously. And yeah. most 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 people have have gone away from it, especially when you have all of these analytics out there now who can really tell a more clear picture. But uh, I don't care. A plus five is still amazing. Um, <clears throat> Matt Luff played for 10 minutes. McCarron and um, played for about 11 and a half, as did Philip Tomasino. So <clears throat> not uh, much time. Sorry, I got to look it down. I just got a notification. The NHL suspends dealings with the KHL. Oh, I saw that earlier. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's we kind of saw that coming. I mean, you're seeing – we don't so, want to yeah. – we, we we don't want to necessarily go down this rabbit hole because honestly what's going on in this world is really, really sad and really uh, scary times. But, and we've already kind of touched on it in previous episodes about how we our hearts and our prayers are with the Ukrainian people and everything that's going on right now. But um, I mean, it's you're a- seeing some really, really bad reports about the KHL and how it came about. Um, one of our fellow podcasts, the world hockey report, Oh, yeah. Has really been following this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, Mike, that is yep. exactly what I'm wondering because Nashville has, uh, Yaroslav Askarov, Fyodor, uh, Svechkov. Um, they also have, uh, 
Simeon Chichikov. Um, and it seems like there might be another. No, I, I think um, Konstantin Volkov, but he uh, he is not Russian. He is. What, and what about Vomachka? Tomas Vomachka. Well, I guess he's already over here. Uh, Tomas is a uh, Czech. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's he played at UConn. I mean, he yeah. he played uh, college hockey. Well, so I knew he was already over here anyway. So yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah it said, uh, I read a little bit about it, and it said something about how the NHL can still sign uh, Russian players that that are prospects, but it's they don't have any good way of confirming if they're contractually able to sign an NHL contract. So they're kind of like it's kind of well. How do you? I mean, how yeah. do you even navigate? How do you even navigate through something yeah. like this right now? I mean, you're having you know. literally like it's a it's an international humanitarian crisis going on right now. Yeah. Uh, something we haven't the likes of something we haven't seen in a very very long mm-hmm. time. This is unprecedented territory. Uh, so I mean, honestly, you know, hockey is it's trivial compared to what's going on in Ukraine right now, yeah. but. Uh, as far as figuring out what to do contractually with these players who are still under contracts and the KHL <laughs> and all that, I mean, that's way above my, yeah, my mind and what I, I don't even know, man. I mean, I really yeah, don't even know either. what to say about it. I don't even know how you could even figure it out. Like how they even can even contact their player. And all, that was something else I it said, it said that they could still contact them and keep in touch with them. But, you know, yeah, I do know, and I and I really welcome everyone to go to the World Hockey Report, which is one of our fellow podcasts who covers all of the NHL. The World Hockey Report has over twenty one thousand followers on Twitter, and they are um, a fellow podcast with us, and they do great work. And they've really shared a lot of stuff regarding mm-hmm. how the KHL came about, and it's some seedy stuff. I'm just going to leave it at that, like kind of how it was built through the government for certain for certain uh government reasons and it's just i'm telling you like it's cd that's all i'll say about it and i yep. everyone else can go do the research for themselves and i'll just leave it at yep. that yep uh, but uh it, it makes me worry for a guy like uh trennan because it mm-hmm. says they're not yes. allowed to communicate with russian-based agents and uh trennan's regent, agent is russian yeah, but he he's through his contract is through next year. I want to say, so. Right. So, when I was watching the game on Saturday night, I couldn't help but think when I was seeing Trennan in this game, I couldn't help but think what has to be going through his head right now. Oh, yeah. Because you know, like everyone wants to like be mad at like Russians, or they want to be mad at the country of Russia. And it's like people need to understand that we, you know you can't control what your leaders are doing right now. And it's just as hard on these Russian players as it is on like everyone else that's watching these atrocities right now. And so like you think of about a player like Yakov Trenin, it's got to be so incredibly hard for him to focus on playing a game right now when he is watching his home country invade another country. And he is Mm -hmm. in a third country where he makes a living. But this yeah. is not his home country. His home country is halfway across the world, invading mm-hmm. another country right now. I mean, I just I can't imagine what Yakov Trenin is going through and how he even 
is able to focus on playing a game right now. I just yeah. man. So my thoughts are with him as well. Yeah. And every Russian, Definitely. every Russian player, every every Ukrainian, obviously that that has mm-hmm. relatives that are out there, or anyone who has friends. I've been following along with this uh this really big Titans fan who knows a lot of people in the area who's been telling his story on Twitter about how him and his family have been getting out of the country. They got trapped in Ukraine and they've been trying to get out. And so just, yeah, it's just, it's just sad on all, on so many different levels. Yep. Definitely. Then you have Ovi who, uh, people are crucifying him because he, he didn't come out mean enough. It's like, man, his whole family still lives in Russia. Yeah, you look, and, look and at I mean, what they did to Panarin. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. And, he's, and, I, and I mean, I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, he's praised Putin in the past, but it's like, I mean, it's yeah. just a very complicated issue, is all I can say. And very I just much. feel like some people just want to jump too quickly to talk about things that are so complex. And so mm-hmm. above all, of, we're talking about international things that unless you've lived in Russia or unless you've lived in Ukraine, you've lived this conflict. You know, we all get to live in the best country in the world, which is the United yep. States of America. And we all get to like, we all get, we're all guilty of this. We get way too caught up in first world problems. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like my Netflix isn't working tonight. I'm gonna call <laughs> up my internet provider and yell at them because my I yeah. can't watch my favorite show quick enough or just anything like that. And oh, we're yeah. all guilty of it. But we like we want to cast judgment so quick on on a conflict that really is way above us, you know. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. I want to do is see peace. That's all I care about. Figure yeah. out a way to find peace, people. Yeah. And that's all I can hope for. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. I feel the same way. So, yeah. sorry for that little derailing of things. No, I, I right, think it's important perfect. to cover it. It's important yeah, to cover it this, these kinds of issues. Even though we're a hockey podcast, it intersects hockey. It affects and it the also, game. So. Yes. And it's also, it's 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 on everybody's minds right now. I mean, it's not something mm-hmm. you can just completely push to the side and not talk about. So, yeah. I'm actually, you know, we're here for everyone who's struggling right now. Uh, DM us on the show. DM any of our personal accounts. We're here to talk. We're all in it together. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to so, the next pick, Kyle. Well, on this same theme, the next one is plus six. <laughs> plus and Rich, six. I'm sure you've got the stats still pulled up. That would be Roman Yossi, who is now the sole leader of plus minus in a game. I for saw the that. franchise. Wow. That's uh, huge. And I want to say uh, two people have had five points in a game, and I think it was uh, Weber. I know it was mm-hmm. Weber and Timonen. Wow. Uh, so Tomasino is in some really good company there. Yes. Uh, Tomasino awesome. is in some high cotton, as they'd like to say. Uh, oh, yeah. he, uh, and we know, uh, who- we know about we know about the four goal scorers. We know about how Rocco Grimaldi decided to score four goals in a game uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. Sorry to bring uh, up our Facebook boy, flashbacks. Rocco. He's having Pred's Facebook flashbacks right now because he got he got in a little. Uh, a little uh, yeah. Uh, how about you tell everyone about your Fred's Facebook the, about Rocco uh, apparently, apparently, 
apparently we want to bring up Rocco Grimaldi for uh for Ellie Tolvanen. Um yeah. Yeah, uh <laughs> I and I really wasn't trying to be mean. Uh dude, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't but matter. Someone made the comment that if Ellie Tolvanen doesn't start producing offensively that he needs to be sent back to Milwaukee and bring up Rocco Grimaldi because Rocco Grimaldi is apparently going to be the savior of this team offensively. I got to tell say, you though, Kyle, Kyle there are so many people in this fan base that are like, they, they will like live and die by Rocco Grimaldi. Like he, I know. And he is a great guy. He is so classy. He's a very He's likable awesome. player. But, yeah. I mean, these fans, it's like they have a spell on them. They're just like, Rocco Grimaldi, please come save us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hating on the guy. I have a Rocco Grimaldi signed puck sitting there in my go. china cabinet right now. I like him. He is an excellent AHL forward. Like, top-tier AHL forward. Yep. You don't – but here's the thing. The AHL is very similar to the NBA. They don't play a whole lot of defense. <laughs> um, if you look at it. Ro- I think if Rocco Grimaldi was in the right, he had to be, if he was in the perfect NHL system, like just like, I mean, I'm talking it has to be top be, six. It would have to be catered to him. But uh, yeah, I just, unfortunately, I don't see that happening. You're, if you're counting on Rocco Grimaldi to play defense, you're hurt. That is yeah. where – and yep. on this team, everybody yep. plays defense. Yep. Everybody has to be defensively responsible. Um, you, you look at the way Matt Duchesne played last year, and John Hines <laughs> let him sit on the bench because he wasn't playing defense. Yep. Well, speaking of speaking of the player they're talking about switching out with, Ellie Tolvanen had yeah, I know he's not scoring, but he's had, he had seven hits in this in yeah. the game against San Jose, and then also MoneyPuck.com put out a thing today. They listed <laughs> off their uh, most unlucky players of the season oh, uh, using analytics and expected goals for and all this stuff and. Ellie Tolvanen, what what do you know, is considered one of the most unlucky players in the league. Absolutely. Based on their know, uh, based on their list. I know Radulov was was number one. Uh, yeah. It's just like, God, Tolvi is just snake bit. It's mm-hmm. he got whatever Duchesne had. <clears throat> Victor Arvidsson's oh. on this list too. Really? Is Ar- is Arvidsson hurt again? He Sorry is. To- yep. God. But yeah, Victor. I, I was kind of surprised to see Victor Arvidsson on there because Victor Arvidsson has still managed to score some goals this year. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But uh, but, but he, yeah, he's... that was. An, I found that to be a really interesting list, <clears throat> and I was. But I wasn't surprised at all to see Tolvanen on there. Like that was no. not surprising at all. No. But no. these casual Absolutely. fans, I like. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but a lot of your fans on Preds Facebook, I find to be very, very casual. Like all they do. <sighs> is they might watch the game, have it on the background, but most likely what they're doing is they're uh, either catching the highlights or they're just going straight to the box score and they're seeing who scored the goals. That's all they're really doing. So if they see Matt Duchesne, he scored, which obviously Matt Duchesne's having a great year, but they go back and look and they're like, oh, Matt Duchesne, he scored four goals in his last two games. Oh, he's just amazing. Or they look at Michael McCarron, they're like, 
oh, he scored two goals and two assists. Who's this guy? He needs more playing time. Like that's kind of how they look uh, at it. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that's how I know, look at right, it. Not uh, all of them. Not all. No. I'm, I'm not saying if you're active on Preds Facebook that you're one of them, but that's just what I've learned. Whereas Preds Twitter, there are so many smart people on Preds Twitter, and I don't care how many followers they have. They might only have 20 followers. It doesn't matter how many followers they have. There's a lot of really smart Preds fans that I interact with daily who know what yep. they're talking about on Preds Twitter. There are, there are some Preds Facebook uh, fans though, who are like, so um, somebody made a joke post and were like, all right, uh, the, they won by eight goals. Let's start complaining about stuff. And people were joking around saying they scored too many or they didn't, you know, just making, making jokes <laughs> yeah. about it. Uh, fire, fire John That's Hines. You know, just making funny they things. They scored too about. many. I think they realized people on there know that they have a, you know, it's a, it's a, a reputation little, to uphold. A reputation, well, you, exactly. That's what I'm sorry, is. but you get a spill on press Facebook. You get a spillover of a lot of uh, Titans and Vols disgruntled fans who they're already oh, so yeah. angry because the Titans and the Vols have been so bad for so long that they just take it out on the Preds. Mm-hmm. Spills Absolutely. over. Yep. <laughs> so, All right. very funny. Our, our last, our last <laughs> pick of the day. Is back to John Hines' favorite word again. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. I think I know what this word is. It haunts me in my sleep. Identity and the lack thereof. Mm. So, in the last stretch of games, Nashville has went to Florida, beat Florida at Florida. Florida is like the king of home games this year mm-hmm. they don't lose at home you nope. go down there and you beat them you come back to bridgestone you have all the hype the pekka game you beat them in a shootout it's awesome go play a decent game against tampa bay not really complaining about it no okay. we're not about it I, 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 I watched watching that game in person i was like this pretty even game. It was competitive most of the game. Then you watch the game against the Kraken, and you're like, "Who is this team? Who who Thanks. am I watching? Do they care? Uh-oh. Is anybody awake? You're not. Somebody left the smelling salts on the bus. I don't know what's going <laughs> on here. They jet lag. Shouldn't they be more awake since it's on the bus? Let me ask. I, I, let me ask. Let me ask both of y'all a question. What was the worst loss this year? I'm going to name three games. If you think of another one that I'm missing, let me know. But I've got three losses this year that really stand out to me as the worst losses. The really bad loss to Montreal back like earlier in the season, that one was like really bad. Uh, The loss to the Buffalo Sabres was really bad. And then this past loss, which one of those are the worst? I I still think the Canadians lost the worst loss of the season, but uh, the the Kraken loss is pretty bad too. So Justin Gambino says the Montreal. That was so long ago, I don't even remember. <clears throat> I remember, but it was bad. I'll pull it up it if was... you guys want to know about it. So it was it was that... back on it was back on December fourth. They lost four to three, or no, they that was, was the that... second time they played them. They beat. Them. That was the second time they beat them. They lost six to three to Montreal. Okay. 
Okay. That was way back on November 20th. And I remember that was that I'm telling you, that was a Saturday night game. We went into that game thinking, okay, this is a great game to get back on track because they lost to Toronto earlier in that week pretty bad. Yeah. They had three days off in between. Yep. And they they go into that game losing six to three. They gave up the first five goals of the game, guys. They were down five nothing in the second <laughs> period. Was that yeah? And then that was the game. Matt Duchesne scored three get goals in a row. Yep. To make yep. it five to three. You guys remember it now, right? I do. Uh, yeah. I thought that, yeah, that was but it. That, sure. That's still the worst loss of the season for me. Like I would I'm say sorry. that that's, is it's hard to is, beat that one. That is the worst loss. <clears throat> but this one stung because they had a good lead and they just gave up. They just that is totally true. gave up. And it's a different just, it's a different perspective. Just, yeah. Yeah. They had just came off beating, like what Kyle just said, they beat Florida at home. You you got points against uh Dallas. You hung with the Stanley Cup champions and had an awesome time. And then you go to Seattle and you lay an egg. It was Three shots, three shots on goal in the third period. That's it. Yeah. I can just, I guess I can just live with that more because you do see great, you see good teams in the NHL lose to bad teams all the time. I mean, we've been seeing it a lot lately, honestly. Like this past week, like you saw a lot of teams lose to bad teams. The Blues lost to the Devils this week. Uh, The Hurricanes only beat the Kraken three to two on Sunday. Uh, So, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of seeing the, the, the grind of the season happening right now. And you're seeing a lot of upsets. Uh, the blues yeah. lost to the Islanders this past week as well. Um, I mean, so you're seeing it. You're, you're seeing a lot of teams lose to some bad teams right now. The Canadians beat the Oilers five to two. Uh, so you're, you, yeah. the I Sabres beat too. the Minnesota wild on Friday. So I can live with that a little bit more losing to Seattle just because it's a conference game. It was a really bad loss, but that that Montreal game was just probably the worst. That one was that's probably so is the worst. I would have to agree, but it's it's just them laying down and not producing is what the the bad part and 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 at the the crucial part of the season that's what gets me the most. So uh, the Avalanche lost to the Coyotes. Yes. That actually yeah. broke their winning streak at the time. Yeah. 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 No, they lost that, to them again. Oh, are you, are you kidding me? They lost to them on the third. Hmm. Yeah. I remember that. I think. No, yeah. he's talking about, he's talking, yeah. He's talking about this past week. Yeah. Yeah. They have Ooh, taken. I missed that. I totally losses, missed that. Two losses to the Arizona uh, Coyotes for the Avalanche this year. So that just goes to show you right there how unpredictable this freaking sport is sometimes. That goes to show you when Arizona goes on this run and makes the playoff, how screwed the Avalanche are. I know. (laughs) Arizona's coming, y'all. Arizona is coming. Hey, man. Hey, Rich, you better go ahead and move uh, the Arizona Coyotes out of your number eight spot on the power rankings. You'll have to pry it off there because it's stuck on there pretty good. It's got right. some of that gorilla glue and it's got gorilla glue on it. <laughs> I agree, Mike. Twitter blues losses are excellent. One hundred percent, love to see that. I I did move the Coyotes up to number seven for one week, and Rich laughed at me. And then the next <laughs> week, I moved him back to number eight. It only lasted for one week. I can't even remember why you did that. Because they beat the Blackhawks. Because they not the Blackhawks. They beat the Avalanche the first time. Okay. 
Yeah. They they basically ended that the Avalanche were on like a crazy winning streak where they only lost like two games in two months, and both of those losses were to yep. the Preds. And then they yep. finally, finally lost a game and it was to Arizona. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna move Arizona up to number seven. I'm gonna put Blackhawks yep. number eight, but uh they didn't last very long. No. All right. For anyone new to the podcast, we do our battle for the Central Power Rankings every Thursday. So we'll do a new rankings list on this Thursday. And for pretty much the entire season, the Coyotes and the Blackhawks have been number eight, number seven. And here's a preview for Thursday. They're going to be eighth and seventh again. No, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell no, them it's yet. A preview. It's a preview. We're supposed – Rich, I don't know if you know how a podcast works, but we're supposed to be suspenseful. I'm, I'm just telling you. The suspense is going to be what funny things we say about eight and seven. All right, fine. I always let's come up with something our, uh, funny. Let's roll along here with episode 111 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten, Rich Howe, and, and Kyle Perkins. Let's do our clutch performers of the week. How about that? Oh, there you go. We're going over the Seattle game and the Sharks game. Two really odd games, if you ask me, but <clears> we're still going to pick three clutch performers. And I'll go ahead and start with my number three clutch performer of the week. And it's someone I never thought would be in my clutch performers of the week. It's Michael McCarron. And y'all are probably asking, well, why would you not move Michael McCarron higher on your list? I mean, the guy scored two goals, two assists against the Sharks. And he also scored an assist against in the Seattle game. So he actually put up a five-point week. He did. Actually. But as Kyle kind of alluded to, he was kind of in the right place at the right time. I'm not taking anything away from him. I do. I'm putting him in my cluster performers because he did make the make some good plays this week, and he was very important in that Sharks game. I do think he's starting to kind of find his niche in this lineup. So he gets my number three spot on my cluster performers. My nice. number two. Is Matt, number my number two well. is Matt Duchesne this week. Matt Duchesne's coming in at number two. He scores four goals this week, two goals in each of the two games. He's hanging right there with Philip Forsberg. See who breaks that goals record mm-hmm. first. Uh, we talked about it so long ago. I remember me and we all asked ourselves who was going to break the record first, and we all said Philip Forsberg. But Matt Duchesne, he's hanging right there. Mm-hmm. in that race to see who breaks Victor <clears throat> Arvidsson's goal record. And they're both within, like, what, seven goals now, I think, of yeah. the record? Mm-hmm. Somewhere right there? I think so. so Matt right. Shane comes in number two. I actually <clears throat> put Roman Yossi number one on my clutch performers. I know he didn't score a goal this week, but he is still the captain. He is still the engine that drives this train. He had six assists, nine shots on goal, five block shots. He is still continuing to quietly have a career season and could very easily end up breaking Paul Correa's record for single-season points. And no one seems to be talking about it. There's a few people out there talking about it. I know Alex uh, Doherty of A to Z Sports put it out there, but I'm not seeing it talked about that much. No. Like it should be. So he's – Roman Yossi's my number one clutch performer. Yeah, so we didn't didn't talk about – the, this at all and that was exactly my list the exact same thing but i had an honorable mention for matt luff and philip tomasino well yeah honestly i didn't want i didn't change my list for this reason because it was already set 
But yeah. listening to Perk's picks tonight and listening to Kyle talk about Philip Tomasino, I really yep. wanted to take McCarron out and put Tomasino in because yeah. Kyle makes a really good point about how Tomasino really was the one that fueled that line and made the things happen. But my list is already set. It's already there. Yep. But you can make a really strong argument to put Tomasino in there over yep. McCarron. Tomasino has six points in the last four games. Yeah. Love to see Love it. Love to see it. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's been a little streaky, but hey, glad to see him put this together a little bit. And, and as yeah. everybody's been saying, when you consider the line mates he's had this year, he's having yeah. a pretty damn good season. And he's been all over the place. Can't dispute yeah. that. He's played with everybody. No, literally. No, no consistency at all. And that's so, uh, Kyle, bad. Kyle, would you put Tomasino in over McCarron? Probably, I'm, I'm guessing you would. You, you know, Philip Tomasino is going to be on this list for the next foreseeable future, potentially like the next decade. Let McCarron All have right. his day in the sun. All <laughs> right, fair enough. That's Let nice. Let him have of his you. day that's, in the sun. That's so nice of you. I'm sure McCarron, Michael McCarron, is sitting around somewhere watching this podcast right now. He's just hugging his friends and family that he made our clutch performers list. This is the career achievement well, for him. <laughs> yeah, never Michael, mind that first round draft pick and all that jazz. No, 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 no. No one cares about that. Michael no Michael McCarron that. is always in the sun because it hits him first because he's yes. a big, huge monster. And, so. and I'm sure Ben Harper is somewhere wondering why don't they love me like that? And it's because score score two goals and two assists in a game, Ben Harper, and we might, might. Okay. Might if Ben Harper gets two goals and two assists in the game, then I'm going to the bunker out back. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it really is going down. Yep. I saw some Absolutely. jokes about that out there this past week. Uh, bad mm. timing or not, but, yeah, I saw people kidding around about that. Like, oh, yeah, the end of that times makes- really are coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael McCarron just had four points in the game. All right, with that, Kyle, I don't Crazy. know if you got a chance to hear, but we're going to be ending every episode from here on out with funny things we saw on the interwebs, which is what Rich likes to call the internet. So that's why we went with that, uh, interwebs. that term. So we're going to start sharing some funny things we came across, some viral tweets or some, just to get everyone laughing when we end these episodes. And so uh, let's, let's have another week of this. And the first thing I'm going to share tonight, what does this say? Justin Gambino says, I'd still put him in the yeeter if Harper scored two in a game. You wouldn't even get – Justin wouldn't even give him any love for like one week. He's like, shoot him to the moon, even if he did score two goals. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that anyway. No, I don't think you have to worry about that. All right, so the first funny thing we came across this week that got – it's almost up to it's at four hundred thousand likes now. Yeah, over four hundred thousand likes, forty two thousand retweets, and uh, so this person, if you want to see this tweet, it's uh, at bb bloodletter. Okay, that's just the tweet. That doesn't matter. What the funny thing is, you got a guy with the uh, what instrument is this? Rich, are you a musician? That would be, that would be a cello. All right, so this guy's playing the cello. He looks all into it. And uh, it says, me sliding the straw in and out of a McDonald's cup. That noise it makes. <laughs> Which a, really, that's a, pretty funny, because that does do a, that. Like, I, I, Yeah, I have a hilarious story about this. So 
you didn't tell me that you were going to put this on the list. I saw that tweet and sent it to my wife like two days before you said this. She hates with every fiber in her being when people do that with a straw. Like she <laughs> cannot stand it. She, it, we do it just to annoy her sometimes. She, it just drives her nuts. And I sent her that exact same picture and she's like, yep, that's what you people think it sounds like is you playing a cello, but it's actually uh, fingernails on the chalkboard for her so yeah it's good stuff i, I so, love uh, getting the the look and then if you don't take the lid off of that thing i swear to god <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh oh absolutely yeah yeah that is that and, is that, that got to be yeah. right up there with the people who click the pins like when they just keep clicking the pin it i'll tell you, know you it is. I, the, the 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 clicking of the pin gets her a little bit but like when we're sitting eating dinner, like we have to have the TV on because she can't handle listening to people eat. She oh, I'm handle. right there with that. Yeah. If I, can I don't hear mind you, that as much, but. If I can hear you chew, I've fantasized a car coming through the wall. Yes. You two are peas in a pod because she cannot stand it at all. And this well, now that we're talking. Now that we're talking about pet peeves, I'm on the other side of it because I'm a bartender. And the one that oh, annoys yeah. me, and I hope neither – I don't think mm. neither one of you guys would ever do this because you guys are too cool. But here's what annoys me. I'm going to go ahead and pull, my, pull out my wallet right now and show you. It's when someone takes their card without saying anything and just keeps tapping it. Mm. Like they won't say, mm. hey, I'm ready for my bill. They'll just like stare at you and they'll keep tapping their card. That's and It's like – it's that's like, come rude, on now. Actually. It's like, yeah, it's it. But people do it a lot, actually. So that's that mine. Is rude. All right. That's anyway, rude. let's get away from pet peeves. We're trying to be positive here. Right, I thought yeah. that was pretty. I thought that, that was funny. pretty freaking funny, though. All right. I got funny. a bunch here this week. So I'm going to run through them pretty quick. All right. But, all right. So one of my favorite. So a lot of the NHL teams have their uh, mm. team like dogs now, like their mascot dogs. Oh, and yeah. one of my favorites is a biscuit of the right. Washington Capitals. Yep. I don't know if y'all have seen Biscuit, but I'm a big dog guy, and Biscuit mm -hmm. is like he look Biscuit looks a lot like my dog. Like he's got the floppy ears and the same face and everything. And yep. uh they just did a very simple tweet from Biscuit's account saying hashtag hashtag hockey is for everyone. And it's got Biscuit looking all cute with his uh little uh hockey gear on and it, he's got a little tie around his neck that has the oh, uh hockey's for everyone symbol on it or whatever loved that that was awesome yeah, that is cool my favorite dog in the nhl is that police dog that took a dump on the flyers logo yeah. <laughs> that was that was classic i love that very funny so i'm, I'm gonna need y'all to look at your twitter because i'm getting All ready right. to post something and it, it made it me audible, audibly guffaw. Uh, <laughs> is it, it going to be on your personal account, Kyle? Yeah, it's on my personal account. <laughs> I can't unsee this. It's Snoop Dogg, and it's got, what is that, chocolate frog? Oh, my gosh. It's from Harry Potter. He does, he just, <laughs> it is a candy uh, from Harry Potter. He looks oh, my gosh. oh, my gosh. Yes. That, that is pretty is good. I'm retweeting this. <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh wow kyle just made a late entry into the funny things we saw on the internet interwebs this week interwebs, that was good yeah 
Snoop wow. Dogg looks like a it's chocolate frog there. package from oh, Harry Potter. It, uh, to, to expound on Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg has a cookbook. Hey, that is the that's a legit gag gift right there. If you're looking to get a gag gift for somebody, get him the Snoop Dogg cookbook right now. No, I want it for realsies because the food in it looks amazing. I didn't see um, it inside the book itself. Okay. I've been watching this girl on TikTok make all of his recipes from this book, and they're all just like, oh my God. Please I love Snoop and then, Dogg. Snoop Dogg's then house hilarious. then house cats from Pred's Twitter buys the book and it arrived today and he sends posts the picture and says hey it's an actual real thing and i'm like please tell me there's a martha stewart writing credit on this book (laughs) and then he sends sends a picture of the front cover open and she wrote the forward (laughs) of course okay that's awesome that's funny all right so here's the next one did anybody see or did anybody did any of y'all know that there was such a thing as a glow-in-the-dark light-up toilet no, that but that's brilliant. With an LED light. <laughs> so this person tweeted, this is the most $8 has ever changed my life. It's got yeah. 104,000 likes, 6,000 retweets. And it's it's basically a glow-in-the-dark toilet seat. So you can it's... see into the bowl. And the whole idea of it is, you know, if you got to take a go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and all the lights in the house are off, then you've got that glowing toilet to guide you in I'm like, and it's that's purple. pretty funny. And it's purple, yeah. <clears throat> it's purple. It, I got to think it's more than $8, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Another gag gift. We're, we're giving y'all plenty of gag gift ideas for people. So that the only good. way this works the way it's supposed to work is if they make all the toys that are on the floor of my house glow this same kind of glow. Because <laughs> I'm going to step on about five <laughs> of those before I can get to a bathroom. There you go. You know and, what? Nothing. <laughs> There is no pain on this planet that is worse than stepping barefooted on a Lego. Oh, yeah. Very painful. It's pretty rough. Well, stumping your toe on anything is some of the worst pain, like, ever. Because when you stump your your toe really bad, it's like the pain delays for, like, five seconds. Like, you do it. Like, you stump it really bad. It doesn't hurt right away. And you have like five seconds to think about how bad this is going to hurt. Yeah. And then it just you like, all, that's the worst. You all, you all have both have had trucks before. I'm sure you've towed something. There's nothing nothing worse than walking into the, the trailer ball sticking out of oh, the, God. the hitch as well. <laughs> right, right into the oh. shit. <clears throat> you know how that feels. Well, yeah, when you work with a, a, a high, high, high quota of rednecks, um, <laughs> There's going to be lots of trailer hitches. There's a lot of trailer hitches. And if you're mm-hmm. walking in work at 435 o'clock in the morning yep. and you're not on your toes, yeah, you're going to catch one of them bad boys and then you're going to have a bad time. Absolutely. Now I have a question about this toilet light. I was going to ask you all. <clears throat> I'm assuming you have to raise the lid to activate the light. I'm sure it's like motion sensor, you think? But That's then that wouldn't really that wouldn't do do you any good if you're walking into absolutely. a dark house and you need to find That's, the toilet. That's yeah, that would I'm be kind of crappy. Don't if both literally and figuratively. That's another pet peeve of mine. People come maybe in here it come, and, go to the hey, and leave the lid maybe up it comes with the remote. Oh. Maybe it comes with the remote, Rich. Maybe like you carry the remote on your nightstand and it's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Let me grab my toilet remote. 
And let me, what about let me a clapper? Can, can or a clapper, yeah. I mean, there it's 20. Uh, Rich, it's Rich, it's 2022. You can have a right. clapper for the uh, for the uh, toilet light. It's I'll a like clapper it. on a crapper. Oh, oh. oh. Um, you've already marketed Kyle Perkins. Yeah, that's copyright, copyright that Kyle Perkins. Copyright copyright right that. <laughs> clapper on the crapper. All right, <laughs> Let, let's end episode 111 with this. Uh, Ian Cole oh, shared yeah, a really cool. awesome, cool thing. So um, let's see, uh, Moose on Twitter, which is someone on Twitter At who's Moose a big fan. They, uh, they came out and said, my daughter lost her front tooth today and was freaking out because she has autism and can't handle change. Oh. So to calm her down, I showed her this picture of Ian Cole, and it worked now. Loves showing off her missing tooth. So thanks, Cole, for helping my daughter. And then what's really cool is a lot of these players have so many followers, all the mentions. They don't catch everything. But he quote tweeted it and said, I love the look. Obviously, all the cool kids are doing it. She looks tough as nails. Why don't I take care of the jersey and we'll get her all hooked up? Thanks so much for reaching out and sharing her story. I just get chills down my spine of how cool that is because not only is he making a big impact on this little girl's life, but anyone out there when it comes to autism or anyone who uh, might be missing a tooth or maybe they're they're afraid of their look or whatever, just Mm -hmm. this is what you'd love to see from professional athletes. This is where it really counts and where where it really matters. So I thought it was really cool that he he got that tweet brought to his uh brought to his attention so he could quote tweet it and uh really make that little girl feel special and yeah. so uh just awesome loved seeing that kind of stuff and hopefully hopefully he's gonna send her one of those cool uh reverse retro whaler whale jerseys like he's yes. wearing in the picture <laughs> I, I got I saw this one this morning and I uh, it gave me the the warm fuzzies too so we'll end on some warm fuzzies um hayden flurry got taken by the kraken um from carolina so uh, seattle's first game back in carolina um flurry's a scratch but there's this little kid that was flurry's super fan he loved him had his jerseys all this stuff and they get to the game and find out he's scratched. And he was just so excited to see this guy that is his favorite player play and everything else. Uh, and his mom posted a thing of the kid just at the glass, and he's just sad. And it says, uh, he's heartbroken and mad, but we love you, Hayden, no matter what. And uh, put his Twitter name on there. Well, Hayden Fleury saw this because he's a scratch. And he wrote them and said, what section and seat are you guys in? If you don't miss in some game time, uh, uh, some game and come behind you guys. So he brings them into the team suite and gets him a stick and all this other stuff and hangs out with this kid. That's awesome. I I just thought that was great. That is awesome. Yeah, this this is the stuff we're all here for. Yeah, this is why hockey is awesome. Yes, it is. Yep, this Absolutely. is. It, you, that's the type of stuff that everyone needs. This is why people are fans of, of teams. You know, yeah, you want to, you want to see your team win, of course. But I mean, seeing stuff like this is really what it's all about. So, uh, 
two really awesome stories from some hockey players this past week, and we see it happen all the time with the with the uh, National Predators franchise, which I think does oh, an yeah. outstanding job in the in the local community. Uh, so uh, good stuff there, definitely. For sure. Good way to. It's a great way to end episode one eleven. Uh, Catfish on ice. We appreciate everyone joining us tonight. We love you. Thanks for following along on the podcast at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Again, go check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app for our exclusive offers this week with the NHL. Go have fun with that. We've been, it's been a lot of fun. We will see you Thursday for a brand new episode. I'll let you know how that Dallas Stars game goes tomorrow night. Oh Hopefully yeah, we'll come out of it with a win. Until then, everyone, have a great week. Thanks for joining us. This has been episode 111 of Catfish on Ice. See y'all.